Hello guys, Andy here. First of all, we wanted to say sorry because there's been a big break between the last episode and this one, but hopefully we'll be back on our regular uploading schedule from this point on. Second of all, we wanted to warn you about the audio on the first half of this episode. Sadly, it didn't record well and we couldn't reschedule with our guest, so it's going to be a little echoey there. Fortunately, the second part recorded correctly. Without further ado, we hope you enjoy this episode. Have you ever wondered what happens after ever after? Have you always yearned to know if the end is really the end? No? Well, you're gonna find out anyway. We're your hosts, Andy, Tammy, and Gina. This is Two Division. Hello everyone, welcome once again to Two Division, this is Equals Explained, I'm your host Gina, and as always, I'm joined by my two very best friends, Tammy and Andy. How are you guys? Um, hi, I'm I'm good, I'm tired, but that's, you know, that's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Tammy's brand. Yeah, Tammy's <laughs> brand is being tired. Exactly. How about you, Andy? Um, I'm actually not tired for once because, you know, I'm being relaxing and stuff. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm, I'm good. Uh, uh, yeah, this was, a, this was a tiring one, guys, you know. I, I'm not gonna lie. This was tough. Yeah. Ooh. Well, I am tired as well. I I didn't sleep a lot last night, so I'm kind of sleepy, but not as Tammy was last week. Um, <laughs> anyway, before we get into the main course, which, believe me, it is a treat, uh, we have a very special guest in this episode, and we're very excited. Uh, we are really glad to introduce you to our friend, Julia. Hi, Julia. How are you? Can you introduce yourself? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. I'm also a little tired, but everybody is, so. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah, you go oh. ahead. You introduce yourself. Okay. Hi, I'm Julia. Um, I, um, on YouTube, I'm NavariLove19, and um, yeah, I, I'm a non-Disney editor, crossover editor, like uh, these guys, and um, I don't know, what, what else do I say? Um, your favorite Disney movie? Yes, okay, my favorite Disney movie is Beauty and the Beast, followed closely by The Hunchback of Notre Dame, so <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm here. Yeah, we know. <laughs> awesome, I love you. You should also subscribe to Julia because she just, she participated in this uh, Disney role-playing contest called uh, Miss Disney. Is that the name of it, right? Yeah. Yes. It's and she just won the 2019 one, so you know, she's a really great editor. And yes, you should all go subscribe to her. She's pretty amazing. Thank you so much. I was, <laughs> I didn't know if I should say that. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, it's fine. And we're really happy to have you. So thank you for, for being here and giving us your time. Um, Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here too. Yes, me too. I'm really excited about this one because, oh boy, it is, it is something. <laughs> it is something. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so let's start because we do have a lot to say about uh, the original one, of course. We, today we are talking about The Hunchback of Notre Dame. The first one came out in 1996 and it was um, my success, I think it's, it's considered one of the 
darkest evening we've ever made. And so, as always, we're going to start by sharing our memories and our thoughts on the original one. So, um, Tammy, how about you go first this time? Okay, so with the original film, I did not like it as a child. In fact, I thought the VHS that I owned was cursed and I never wanted to touch it. Oh my god! I did not like it. Oh my, oh my god! god. I, I, that, that movie scared the shit out of me. Scared, scared the hell out of me. I don't, it's just, I, it was super dark, like you said, and I can appreciate it now as an adult. Like, it's beautifully made, the music's amazing, the score's amazing, the animation is gorgeous. And it's it's just a really really good movie, but as a kid, it's uh, it scared the bejesus out of me, especially the scene with Quasimodo and the tomatoes, like being held to the tomatoes in that thing was being humiliated. It's just I I think I was just a very like I was a very em- empathetic child, and and also as an adult, I think. And I think when I saw saw him getting tortured like that, it just it just hurt my soul as a five year old. And I was like, why? <laughs> So yeah, I did not like it as well. This is probably this probably affects my viewing of Hunchback too because I don't have so much of a nostalgic appeal towards Hunchback. So I I, I, I kind of like Hunchback too. I'm not gonna lie. Oh okay, sure. So um, I mean, I don't have too the same kind of nostalgic attachment to Hunchback as I do like Beauty and the Beast because I didn't actually have a VHS of it as a kid. So I only saw it a bit later anyway, like when I was around 10 or 12, and that was like the perfect time to see it because that's like right when you're kind of growing up, you're transitioning, and you're okay to deal with a bit of more scary stuff. Like it wasn't the easiest movie to watch as a kid for me either. Like it was Frollo. He, he's the one who scared the hell out of me. Like he's he's not, um, you know, a necessarily a kid-friendly villain, but I think that's kind of the brilliance of this um, And it was a big hit, right, which is why I love it so much now. Um, I started it, like, yeah, when I was, like, 10 or so, I was, like, kind of ready to watch it. And then as I kind of grew up and I was still watching Disney movies, this one really just stood out as being such a masterpiece um, and such a risk for Disney because it was it was not a fairy tale. You know, it's, it's based on a book. Um, it was, like, the scope of this movie was so huge. You could just, like, it, it was, like, the stakes were so big, you know, so raised. So, um I loved it for that. I love the music. I love all of the different themes. Um, I guess, yeah, like I'm, I'm trying to say, I, I gained much more appreciation as an adult, kind of knowing about film and knowing about literature. Um, as a kid, yeah, it, it may, maybe wasn't the best movie. It's not the best movie to show kids. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I can talk about this movie a lot. I love it. So I'm going to let someone else talk. Uh, okay, so Andy, do you want to go next? Just like Tammy, I didn't watch this movie as a kid because, yeah, I kind of, I kind of got scared of it. But I also, I just thought, oh, this is not a kid's movie. I should not watch it. So I didn't. And I, I remember I, I avoided it, like the plague, for some reason. I remember I was in with my cousins and they had bed sheets and they were Hunchback of Notre Dame sheets. I didn't know there was a thing such as that. But there was, a, and I, I demanded for them to be changed because I couldn't sleep on them. It's weird, right? I was a weird kid. Uh, so um, I, I think I watched it after, and then when I watched more Disney movies and I I saw the reactions of people, I just found this, I just found found this movie to be a masterpiece, and I love it, and I loved it since. Uh, when I was watching all the Disney movies again, this was one of my favorites, and still, it's, I think it's like 
is it most artistic? Uh, I know, like the landscaping and the art design and all the concept arts and all the stuff, like the surroundings and the the scenery is just the most beautiful for me in any Disney movie. I just love seeing. I just love seeing that, like the the Notre Dame and all all, all of Paris and all that stuff. The colors are amazing. Uh, yeah, I not much of an attachment as a kid, and I love it a lot as an adult. Maybe that that was why it wasn't like big with kids, but it didn't have to be. You know, animation is animation, and okay, Disney is indeed like a family company, and it was a, and it's a family studio about Disney Animation Studios. Uh, but that means family, not not only kids. So. Animation is a medium, and you can do a lot of things with it. And yeah, they they Disneyfied the story of the Hunchback of Notre Dame by by Victor Hugo, and that that, that it's like I I I can only imagine people in the '90s were were like, why is Disney doing this? But I don't have any complaint for it. I mean, if you and like I said, animation is a medium. It doesn't mean like it can tackle like some heavy stuff like we just seen here, and Okay, maybe I didn't watch it as a like a really really little kid, but I did watch it when I was around ten or something. And I don't think I would have read the Hotchpot of Notre Dame at that age, but I did watch this movie and I understood. And I don't know it it kind of allowed me to enter these themes and like life is complicated and and you know like more complicated stuff that a normal that 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 a normal Disney I don't want to say normal Disney movie but like a traditional Disney movie would would say mm, uh-huh. and, and I I think my complaint with it is that or I don't know if it, it would just me it was I don't know my complaint with it is maybe it could be even bolder or it could be or it could have even even more adult stuff but I don't know if that would have really made it bomb. So I, I that really would have alienated the kids. Like if it was mm-hmm. any darker, I probably mm-hmm. would have been like, you know. Like, yeah, but I don't have a complaint. I, I I wouldn't mind that, you know. I, like okay, this is not for kids. But yeah, they tried to do that with the black cauldron and look, look what they got. So <laughs> like they are meant to be watched by children. It's not just mm-hmm. not meant to be watched just by children. Uh huh. Watched by everyone, yeah. as you said. Yeah. But you know, it is supposed to be made. So children can watch it and still enjoy it, and maybe they won't get the same experience as an adult, but they will still watch <coughs> it and like it and enjoy it. And that, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> my experiences as a child watching it and my experiences as an adult are completely different, and I appreciate that. Both, I appreciate it at both times, but for different things. Mm-hmm. I wanna, like, I wanted to jump in on that. Um, I was thinking about, like, you know, your favorite movie is The Lion King, right? Which is also that scared me too as a kid, right? With the with <laughs> Well, not Simba, sorry. Um, Mufasa's death, very traumatizing. But I also loved it as a kid, and growing up in Africa, I went back to that one again and again, probably the most, because it felt, like, appropriate Hmm. for where I was living, right? Um, And I think that that movie, like, The Lion King, did kind of prepare me for death. Hmm. I think that, like, when you're a kid, you don't understand death. You don't realize it's permanent. So seeing, like seeing this main character so beaten up and you see this, this amazing father is not coming back. It's a very, it, it was a, it was quite a moment of like, Oh shoot. This yeah. is serious. Right. Even though I still didn't really understand it. Like these movies can teach you that kind of thing. Right. So I think, um, 
Andy, you were saying like that it, it can teach kids about darker themes. Like I think that is important. Uh-huh. It is important uh, that it doesn't hold your hand. But I think like my issue with the movie, and uh, again, it's small because I think the movie's practically perfect, but I think it kind of has a tone problem. Like I think it needs oh, to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, is, that was kind of my, my complaint. Yeah, sorry. But you, you put it better. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, exactly. So I'm with you there. It, kinda, it needed to decide if it was fully going to embrace the sort of dark or if it was going to be light and fun. And I feel like, again, the the biggest thing is those freaking dark gargoyles. Yeah! Thank you. I was going to say that. I was hoping someone would. They're my least favorite part of the film. And like when you see these amazing sequences like God Help the Outcast or Hellfire and it's just actual pure brilliance on stage and then it's or on, on screen, sorry. And then it's followed <laughs> up with like Goofy gargoyles, like um, it's okay, yeah. but get there. It's like what? Why? Like no, there there were other ways to work in comic relief, you know. There, and it didn't have to be so different than what the rest of the film was, you know. Like, yeah, I think that's kind of the problem more so than it being dark. I feel like they tried to do the comedy and the kid friendly stuff in the wrong ways. Yeah, and I feel like that almost makes it more like that almost makes the the adult stuff stick out more. And be more apparent <laughs> and more scary when it's like, point. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like that—that that is such a complaint of mine because <clears throat> it, it pains me so much that it was almost perfect. You know, like I, I can just—I like, want to make a, a cut without the gargoyles, and that's it. And and maybe I, I, I could have lived with it. It was just like Vasimoros' imagination. But I think in some scenes they do have interaction and they do prove—they are proven to be real. And it's like, why? Like, so frustrating. Like, honestly, uh, I'm just gonna cut in briefly and say, I fully, I in my, you know, I fully support the headcanon that it's all in his head. Right? Like, I, I don't care. Those stones didn't fall on the soldiers. I, I refuse. Yeah, yeah. That, that is exactly the shot I was, I was, <laughs> I was talking about. Yeah, that, that doesn't fix for me. Very good. For me, yeah, I think I feel like the gargoyles. I don't think they're that bad. I mean, I think more than the tone of them. I think the issue is the timing because you always need comic relief, and they were they they were good. I think the first scene when they first appeared. I think that scene is is very good at comic relief, and because I do like the car- the gargoyles. I like Victor because he's so hoity hoity and he's like quoting <laughs> Shakespeare all the time. And you juxta- uh, the juxtaposition to that is, is Hugo, who's like very goofy and like your normal Irish comic relief kind of thing. And Laverne, who's kind of like in the middle. And so I do think they work. The only time I have issue with them is the song, the A Guy Like oh, song. I yeah. think when that song. When that song came up, like even as a kid, I found, it, I found the song kind of boring. But yeah. now that I watched it like earlier today, it was like I could I could cut this this whole sequence all together, and I the 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 movie wouldn't be any worse or any better. I think this this movie this like this sequence can just go. But at the same time, like I understand why they did it because the rest of the soundtrack is pretty like gruesome. So if you were <laughs> to if you were to put the soundtrack to a child you know, in your car or something, there isn't that one hopeful and upbeat. New song, so I get it. I get why they kept it in, but I do think it damages the movie in in the yeah. in the in the fact that it just kind of cuts the tension and it randomly gives you this this cutesy musical number, which I actually do like that they they reference uh, Amadeus because Amadeus <laughs> is one of my favorite movies, and, and because uh-huh. great, great of that sequence. 
but the rest of it I can just do without and it just, uh, I don't know, it really, really annoys me as well. And the thing about the gargoyles being inside Cosmo's head, I do think that they should have kept it like that and I don't like that they actually interact with other people and stuff because just the fact that they were his, his um, imaginary friends, I found that so more interesting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It weakens him as a character. Like, I think it's a better character point if he has <coughs> and, and that's it. And then the movie, like, plays with your mind because, again, at the end of the aforementioned Guy Like You song, there's a shot of him surrounded by inanimate objects. And it's like, mm-hmm. whoa, was he just singing that to himself? And, and oh, like, it's a, it's a cool moment of, like, oh, shoot. And then they just, you know, nah, screw that. We're, we're going to say it, you know, like, why? And I just really quickly wanted to address your point about timing. Like, like you said, like the timing of these gargoyles, that's like the problem. Because again, Hellfire, I think, is one of the best sequences in the movie um, for so many reasons. Because you get to see, again, just how kind of sick and twisted Frollo really is. And it's so dramatic and it's so well animated. And then the very next scene, like, there's not even a transition really, except one little line from Hugo. And then suddenly we're. We're in gargoyle of land. <laughs> it's yeah. a problem all over again. Like you went from this beautiful, dramatic, dynamic villain song, one of the best villain songs ever, to like happy la la la. Like what? Like it might all be in his head, but it's not. Like I just that's a disappointment. Like you said, I think if they cut that out, it would have been better. Like there were better ways uh-huh. to work these, these characters into the plot. <laughs> and and it's a rare seeing Disney making that mistake, you know. Yeah. But I think we've, we've covered a lot of this topic. <laughs> no, it's good. I can talk about this movie forever. So oh, me too. Me too. I just want to add one thing that I do think that Sam Paul's performance of Cosmodo is probably oh. the best performance yeah. I yeah. Yeah. So, so in Disney. You can hear yes. You can hear the beauty in his voice and the vulnerability. It's like <laughs> just incredible. This movie makes me cry in all senses. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do like I was I watched it for for the first time in English like today. I had never heard his performance in English, and I, I just found that I just found it so heartbreaking. I don't know, like I as I said, I love Amadeus, so I whenever I heard him speak, I kind of saw him as Amadeus. But at the same time, like he he just nailed the performance so much that I can feel Quasimodo in him, and I can feel that like he had a blast with the part. Like uh-huh. he really went for it. He didn't say take it for granted, like, this is an animated movie, but I don't care, I'm still gonna give my all to it. The Out There song is beautiful because his voice just, it, it really elevates the song, because the song is already good musically and with the lyrics, but his voice and his performance really lifts lift it up, and it's a beautiful song. And, um, oh yeah, I read on the IMDb trivia that the speech that he gives at the end, when he's like, oh, but what am I gonna do, I'm gonna rush in and favor and blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> that that whole speech was done in one take and oh wow wow i was blown away yeah the whole cast is so talented but you're right like he really brings like something almost personal to that role like mm-hmm. really good quasimodo yeah so he has a, a fragility to his voice i don't know what it is i just i think yeah. he's the perfect the perfect voice for him and i do think he's my favorite like character performance in a different movie so we can move on to the topic of, of the episode. We can talk about what we are here to talk about. 
I think we can we can talk about the hunchback for hours, but we need to move on to the other thing. Yeah, sadly, this is a Disney sequel podcast, not a Disney podcast. <laughs> so, like, we can uh, do that to ourselves there. <laughs> uh, so, moving on to the main topic today, we're going to talk about Hunchback of Notre Dame Two, of course. Uh, this direct two home video sequel came out in two thousand and two, and of course, it came out to like horrendous reviews. Then it it has gained some, um, how do you say, internet um, <laughs> legacy. I don't know how to how to call that, but it really is regarded as one of the worst. Disney sequels ever made, and that is saying a lot because there are so many that are kind of not good. But this one is definitely one that you can find in any worst Disney sequels list ever out there. And yeah, we're gonna talk about that, and we're gonna try to explain why it is regarded in that way. So, um, you, um, Tammy, do you want to start with your memories sure. of this one? With my memories of this one, I watched this as a kid a lot, and I actually enjoyed it, and I actually did not hate it this time around. I actually quite enjoyed it, not gonna lie. I I don't know. Like I I go about these sequels like pretty much at the same level of like, oh it's gonna suck. So I have a pretty low standard. So I and I and it didn't like I don't know, it didn't it didn't offend me in any way, like in the in the current watching and we'll talk about that later as to why I did enjoy it. But yeah, as a as a kid, I I really loved the music. Like I really loved the songs, um, the fall, fall, fall falling in love <laughs> song. I really liked that. I played that over and over as a kid, and I really really loved the little chorus where they go like, "Oh, look at Quasi Bear." It, it was it, that was I I really I played that part over and over again as a child. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm a I'm a kid that grew up with Disney sequels, and Hunchback was definitely Hunchback Two was one that I I watched a lot. All right, but not the original. <laughs> not the original. This, <laughs> this one didn't have a humiliating tomato scene. It did not. No. <laughs> okay, awesome. Uh, Julia, you want to go next? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, like, me and Tammy have been talking about, like, me potentially coming on uh, your guys' podcast for a while. And she was like, okay, would you like to come on something and talk about something that you love or something that you didn't like? And I was like, I bet I'll have more to say about the one I didn't like. So that's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I really don't like choice. Uh, yeah. And even as a kid, I didn't like it, to be honest. Like, and the thing is, okay, I'm with you guys. Like, I grew up on the sequels, too. There are many sequels I actually really like. And I, you know, I can say that, and I don't feel ashamed about that. But this one, mm-hmm. even as a kid, I, I remember thinking, like, why? Like, yep. One exists. It like it didn't need to. Like Little Mermaid Two exists because we didn't get to see Ariel as a human. So it was cool to see her as a human and what she and how she grew up, right? And like you know what? Like some of the others, like even even like Frost the Hound Two. Okay, it exists because <laughs> character development for the for, for Todd and Copper. All right, that's why. But there's no reason for this <laughs> to continue. And even mm-hmm. as a kid, I remember thinking like. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah. Just why? Yeah, just why? Have you seen, have you seen that vine of... of <laughs> why? 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 You know, again, like, as a kid, again, I was not a picky kid. I watched anything. I liked, like, the freaking Tom and Jerry movie, and that's... <laughs> oh, my God. But, 
this one, I noticed the animation drop, right? Because mm. it's, I, it's like, I only saw Hunchback when I was like 10 or 12, and then I saw this one later than that. So I noticed. I was like, why does it look so bad? I'm sorry, but I really didn't like the music. It's just because, again, compared to the original. Oh, yeah, compared it's, it's up. terrible. Yeah. And, and, and the, like, the songs that I did remember, I remembered because they were annoying. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to try and um, move on because we'll get into more of the meat and potatoes later. But the point is, I just, I didn't understand why we were back with these characters. Their story ended perfectly. We didn't need to come back here. And the whole kind of part of Quasimodo's whole character arc in, in the first one was that he didn't actually need a girl to be happy, you know? It, like it, being accepted by the town was enough, so it just felt like kind of a weird retcon. Plus, I will add again, as a kid, my absolute favorite movie was Beauty and the Beast. It's still one of, and this is the exact same story. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's like, why we have a better one? <laughs> so tangent over. I'm sure there will be more. <laughs> I want to hear what you guys. Yeah. Awesome. I I, I love. Of your comments, and I have agree with so many of that. <laughs> but for now, uh, does we want to Andy? <sighs> oh, okay. Uh, well, I, I, it's real. I don't remember my memories with this one because I do remember that Madeline was in my childhood in some, some time, but. And when I watched it again, like when I was watching the two movies, I just wanted to watch them all. I watched it, and I kind of remember the plot, so I did watch it as a kid. But yeah, I I just hate this movie a lot. <laughs> like I don't want, I don't like to hate things. You do you think I like to hate things? I don't, but sometimes they do hunt you back too and you have to hate it because they don't it doesn't give you any other choice i really do not <clears throat> it doesn't it doesn't feel like an actual progression for the characters at all i, I was watch i was watching it and i was just thinking why is this Meralda still in that costume why are they still in paris why what is phoebus's like mission what what this doesn't feel like something, they all dress the same, they all act the same, and I mean, years have passed, and it doesn't feel natural. Also, the characters doesn't feel like, don't feel like themselves. The animation drop is too, it's too, it's too much, guys. Like, it's too much. I, I didn't, I didn't believe something could compete with those Magical World, but apparently mm -hmm. this can. Like, it, it, it doesn't have that many goofs, like that one. So that one was kind of funny for the meme, but this wasn't, and... The gargles have a bigger, like, have a never. The gargles are really, really, really real in this one, so I didn't like it. Um, none of the characters are likable. Like, Quasimodo is likable because he's Quasimodo, but he doesn't feel like himself either. Uh, the songs are awful. I'm sorry, I don't like them. I don't like any of them. I, I mean, th there's like a line of them, like, why would it feel like to. Love someone who loves you, and that 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 is a, the literal line. And was like, wow, you couldn't come up with something like this positiony. I'm getting flustered with this. Uh, I don't like any aspect of this movie. Maybe Madeline has a cute design, but she doesn't have a, a lot. Also, there are a lot of inconsistencies, and in, like they jump from one scene to another. And there is one scene where something happens, but 
like the, the heroes are trying to accomplish something, they accomplish it, but right up, like the next shot is like they could have done it so much easier. Uh, I, I know. Uh, I don't know. If, uh, uh, we, we will talk about the details later. So, Gina. We can breathe. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm done. Okay. Uh, for me, like, it's weird because I do remember watching this a lot as a kid as well. I think maybe this is one of those that I didn't actually see the sequel more than the original. Yeah, I mean, personally. Um, because I, I too, of course, I am a sequel kind of girl that grew up with watching the sequels even, you know, more times than the original. But this one, I do remember watching a lot, but not as much. And I do remember liking Adeline. I do remember liking some of the songs. Like, I remember enjoying the movie. And, like, of course, when I grew up and looking back on it, I was like, yeah, probably that was a terrible movie. But... Um, <laughs> I was kind of excited to revisit it. I was kind of excited to watch it again and relive that those feelings from my childhood. And I was, I was kind of like disappointed because I was waiting for it to kind of surprise me. And it didn't. Like, it was <laughs> than I ever thought. Like, watching it with an adult eyes is just like, what is this garbage? And, mm-hmm. like, the one yeah. redeeming quality that I see in it is Madeline. And, like, I tried after watching the movie, after it ended, I try to come up with a list of positive things that I like because I, I throughout the movie I was like, oh, I like this thing and I like that thing. But once I had the list, I realized that most of those things are Madeline things. Like mm-hmm. things that Madeline does or things that Madeline says or something about Madeline. So I was like, okay, maybe Madeline is the one saving grace of the movie because, you know, as Andy said, the rest of it is just, it's so weird. Like, the thing with the clothes is the thing that the first thing that jumped up at me that was like, why is Esmeralda wearing the same clothes that she was wearing at least six, seven years ago? Because yes, yes. she has a she has a kid now, and Zephyr you know, is like six, and Esmeralda and Phoebus are are still wearing the same clothes. They look the same. They, yeah, yes. Yeah. I, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like any time has passed. It just feel like Zephyr just kind of randomly yeah. appeared out of nowhere. And they were like, I guess this is my kid now. And yeah, so yeah. that was, it does feel weird. And the animation, of course, is like so hard to look at. I was cringing yeah. the whole time. Because, especially because I watched them back to back. And seeing mm. this photo, I was like, I have this kind of weird uncanny valley because you look like Quasimodo, but you don't look like Quasimodo. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah. And it's, it's just, and my God, I think, I think the animators tried. I do think that they give their best. They they try so hard to make it kind of nice to look at. Uh, some shots are I think I, I, I think are really good, and we're gonna get on the details later. But I do think that it's not terrible. Like the cinematography, maybe it's not as terrible. It doesn't look pretty. The animation the animation style doesn't help it. But at least there was some attempt to have some kind of visual um, I don't know storytelling. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Mm. I, I call that too. It's just again when you look at the original and how much it, it's just like a league of, it's, it's, a, it's a different league, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like the poor, and it even yeah. says here on their um like wiki page it was animated by Walt Disney Television Studios and Walt Disney Animation Japan. So it's like <laughs> the lowest budget they could even throw at it. They gave it to yeah. the TV studio, you know, who's not used to working on motion pictures. It's like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you get it, 
but it's so sad knowing that like if if they had even put a little bit more effort maybe it could have been better like there are sequels that surprise you you know and like there are sequels that don't look bad but this one's <laughs> yeah I, I just when I was watching it earlier I just kind of burst out laughing because that one that the first shot of Notre Dame it looks so next to the original one like because it, it kind of looks like I don't know it feels less detailed it feels a little like even I don't know it's a cartoon it looks yeah, it looks more cartoony instead of the original that was so breathtaking to look at. Like it really does look like like the real Notre Dame, and this one looks like that like a drawing that a child might make of Notre Dame after watching the original movie, and it look it looks silly. And yeah, I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> I think it's an awkward. Movie. I think that's the word I would use for it because. I felt awkward the whole time watching it. I was like, something's not right. I felt uncomfortable. Like, I, I really did feel uncomfortable. I feel like when people say Disney direct-to-video sequels are shit, this is what they mean. Like, this is the one they refer to. <laughs> yeah, and the songs are really not that great either. I was kind of expecting to be like, oh, yeah, I remember this song. But I actually didn't remember any of the songs. I remember when I was a kid, I actually liked the fa-la-la-la-la, fall-in-love mm-hmm. song. But now I watched it, I was like, this song is And like, it sucks because even after we ended, I didn't have any song like stuck, stuck in my mind. I remember after I watched The Little Mermaid, I was like, after I watched Lady and the Tramp 2, I was singing the Young Year Society song, and I was singing the Fence, the, the fence song. You know, there were some attempts at making some good songs in those movies, but this one, I think, it was just the most... I think they wrote all the songs in one day, they recorded them in one day, and so that's it. <laughs> they they're not well performed, and it's like, it doesn't even feel like the same actors, even though it is, like, it's because they've got something to work with, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we can start with, like, a more detailed discussion, because my my, my memories are basically over, so um, <laughs> I I just want to jump in, right in, and say, like, oh my god, poor Tom Fauci, you know, <laughs> I tried him for the original one, and he does his best in this one, but I just feel so, like, a second-hand embarrassment, because the script is so bad, and the things yeah. that he had... Things that he had to say, the things that he had to sing, and he had to act, you know, he had to act like he actually felt those. And I, felt, I felt so bad for some culture. He's a talented actor. He's not supposed to be here. Why is he here? You're, uh, you're right. That's why I felt for the whole cast. <coughs> doing, they don't even, like, they're trying, but it just doesn't sound sincere because it's such a poor script. Right? Like, there, there was one time, like, at, at the beginning, where, when Esmeralda and Phoebus and Sephir like just arrived to to the bell tower, and Esmeralda's just like, "Wow, she's beautiful," and they just it it, it never it, it never I I didn't feel anything. It it's it so weird. Why why is she speaking in that tone? Why? Yeah. On the topic, can I address Esmeralda quickly because yeah, my my poor girl. Like, what have they done to her? <laughs> Yeah, I know they did, and and like okay, you mentioned um earlier um I think it was Gina you mentioned um it was inconsistent a lot of the time, and like on the topic of like laziness and inconsistency, she doesn't even have the same eye color. (laughs) I don't care how long it's been six years, twelve years, your eyes stay the same color. (laughs) Your clothes don't. So why? You know. Um, (laughs) That was like the first thing, but also she's like reduced to like 
Quasimodo's life coach here. Like, yeah. Like, that's it. You don't even get to see her be a mom. Like, the kid just kind of runs around doing whatever. She's not a mom. She's not a wife. She's not an anything. She's not an activist. She's not a friend. She's just, like, here on the side because she was in the first movie. Yeah. It's terrible. They did her so dirty. <clears throat> She's got no role here. And, like, I'm sorry. Why is her kid, like... Why is her kid not at least mixed straight? Why? Right? Why do you look you like, like If you're a gypsy, why are you white? This is not how genetics work. And it's like, I'm sorry, but why is Paris so white? In the original, there were lots of like, gypsies everywhere. And like, mm -hmm. that was actually a thing. Like, race was a thing. And now that they're supposedly more integrated, why is everybody watching the circus white? Like, I'm sorry. Right? It's, it's inconsistent with what happened at the end of the first movie. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's what that's what it feels like. Like, everything in this movie, it's in this movie because he was in the first movie. Yeah. And that's it. Exactly. Like, she has no reason to be here. She's All she does, there's like one notable scene I can think of where, like, she gives Quasimodo advice over the crystal ball. And, like, other than that, it's one or two scenes here and there. Like... That's it. There's nothing. Mm. Like, and she's reduced to this like side character who doesn't even have anything to do with with the awesome character that she was in the first movie. You know, I would mm -hmm. love to see like if if we had to see something of these characters again, it would be cool to see their relationship. You know, her and Quasi as friends. But mm -hmm. it's so superficial here. You know, it's like doesn't need to be here like she needs to be here it's sad it's sad I, I hate seeing such a good character like that I think it's really tragic like what they do with Esmeralda because as you say like in the first one she is her own character and she has a purpose to be there mm -hmm. and I hate that she was just there because she's the first mom and she's Phoebe's wife and she's Quasi's friend but she doesn't really do anything she doesn't have anything going on for her and she suffered it's this movie this whole movie suffers from like sequelitis like mm -hmm. you know, she had a purpose and it had, and it had themes and it had a reason why every character existed and this one doesn't this one is just like well what else can we do with these characters to make money so exactly. they come up with a random story that has no it has no weight to it and it's yeah. just like, well, put the, the characters that the kids already know and like there, and they will buy it and whatever, but they don't actually take the time to come up with, you know, new conflicts, you know, this new life that Esmeralda has as an integrated person in society, let's say, like, what, what else does it bring to her? Like, is she, is she accepted in society? Is she adjusting well to the new life? Is she adjusting to being a mom? Like, what? how is her life any different and how is she coping with that? And she doesn't get that. And it's just like, she's there and she has like three lines and she does like two things and it's like, why even bother? Like, yeah, but that's exactly that's what that's the whole movie, like, why bother? Yeah, and, and that's, that's exactly what I was saying. Sorry. <laughs> but that's mm -hmm. what I was saying at the beginning was just like, why is it here? Like, I can actually make arguments for almost any of the other sequels. Like, even, I, I don't know, I was thinking like Bambi 2 is a good example. Because in the original, yeah. you do not see his relationship with his father. Uh -huh. No, there is a reason for it to exist, but there's no reason to come back to these characters. Like, they no. matter, the, their arcs were completed. Like, in fact, seeing them six years later, it's like a waste. This could have gotten, these resources could have gone to characters who actually, like, had 
something to do yeah. with it, you know? But also, like, on your topic of, like, the, the scripts, it was, like, like you say, there's no stakes. It's the most, like, basic, generic, cookie-cutter, like, ooh, let's find him a love interest. One of like, yeah, give up because you want a girlfriend. Yeah, well, <laughs> in the first one, the stakes were so high. Like, all of Paris was at stake. Religion was at stake, you know? Acceptance, like, these huge themes that could stretch, like, beyond the movie. And now it's so, you know, basic and so condensed just to one person instead of this, like, grandiose landscape. It just... Again, it's like they didn't see the original. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I, I don't think the the people creating these movies had seen the original because because not none of the of the characters feel like themselves. In, in none of them feel like natural progressions of the story. And I think if you're if you're going to make a sequel of a Disney movie, please don't let it be Hunchback. Why? It's like making a sequel to Pocahontas. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, that happened. <laughs> but again, reasonably, even Pocahontas, like, what happened? Did they, like, what, how did they get along with the settlers? Like, I don't mm. know how she in London, but, like, there was more story there. There could have yeah. been more. There's nothing here. Quasimodo got accepted. That's the end of his arc. Esmeralda mm. got accepted. That was the end of her arc. Rollo's dead, you know? Like, like... It, it was nothing else. Like, yeah. you honestly think, like, looking at the first movie, who looked at it and said, okay, we need to see these characters again. There's more here. Like, yeah. mm. I will write them a strongly worded letter. <laughs> I, I know people, I know people that like this one because Quasimodo is happy with someone else. And, like, that's kind of problematic. I mean, the guy, like, if he wants to fall in love and he falls in love, great, but he doesn't need to to be happy. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. And again, mm-hmm. that was part of the original. And it's like, yeah. just didn't even care. Like you said, it's like, it's like a retcon. Yes, exactly. And it's just mm-hmm. unfortunate because you're right. It's like sending this really bizarre, weird message that you need a significant other to be happy. Yeah. And that's uh, like, don't. And again, yeah. even like the way they chose to do it, with, like, the hot girl falling for the, like, le- less-than-attractive guy, it's just mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast. And it's like, why? Wouldn't it be interesting, <laughs> right? Wouldn't it be interesting if, like, Madeline had something wrong with her other than, like, oh, I'm clumsy. Like, what? Oh, my God, she's this most generic kind of... <sighs> she's so generic. Like, what, yeah. if, what if she had something, like, weird about her? What if she was blind? How cool would that be? Oh, like... Like in the Fantastic Four, maybe he does have he has insecurities and a horrible low self esteem because of living in an abusive household. Yeah, she does. Oh, sorry, Tommy, you haven't talked at all. It's hard. It's hard to like squeeze in because like I can't get on to the hate exactly. No, no, but sorry. Please go on. Please go on. Yeah. No, I I want to hear your take, like like on the Esmeralda and the. Okay, so I agree with most of what you were saying. I do not like what they did with Esmeralda. They, she's, you guys are right. She is basically kind of useless in the story, and she is not herself, and she's just basically Kazi's life coach. But what I liked most about the film was the romance and the the light lighthearted feeling of it. Like I love lighthearted slice of life films. Like, my, one of my favorite Studio Ghibli movies are, is Whisper of the Heart of Promotion Puppy Hill, which is basically about two kids falling in love and just the story within that. Like, I never got the, this 
the sense that they were saying that Quasi needed a significant other to be happy. It was just him falling in love with this girl. And I don't know, like, I've just been in those kind of fields lately, and I guess maybe I'm a bit biased with my presentation of it because I've recently fallen back in love with the idea of falling in love, and it's a really nice feeling, and I really enjoyed seeing that represented on the screen. I really liked how it was all about the romance, and it was just a sweet, sweet, uh, sweet film for me. I'm not saying at all that falling in love is bad or it weakens your character. I'm just saying, like, I feel like it weakens in this case because we already had seen such a better, I don't know, kind of fall in love with yourself in the in the first one. I don't know if I'm clear with that. But but I see it. I, I remember that I didn't mind it as a kid because mm -hmm. of that. Because, oh, okay, then in this one, Quasimodo does get a girlfriend. Like, I don't find it offensive in the way I found Lady <coughs> in the Tramp too offensive. I found that Oh my god! <laughs> it was like cooking. It was just copy and paste Little Mermaid 2 just with dogs. Aww. And I see what you're saying, how this is basically Beauty and the Beast, but I didn't even make that comparison. I don't know. I did, I did not see the similarities for me it just felt like a, a different sort of disney sequel to me like and it was because it was just about the romance it was just like basically watching him fall in love and go on this date and just exploring those feelings he had and i and i really found that actually found that refreshing i, found yeah, I see where you're coming from i do but like i just i guess my my biggest beef with that whole thing i and you know what sammy like there are moments in this movie that i can that i can get behind um, and, and most of them are when it's Quasi and Madeline together, because they are sweet. Yeah. It's just that I don't understand why it had to be this universe, this world, this story that needed no, this. No, I, I, I understand what you mean. Like, everything was completely closed perfectly. It was, they had closure. There, there was no, oh, like, no transition, transition, yeah. like, um, for, for continuation. And I get what you're saying. In, in this movie's defense a little bit, I think it's sweet how the romance progresses in the sense that, like, she she doesn't really ever, like, uh, I'm trying to word this, because because <laughs> on some way I'm, like, disagreeing with myself, as I'm saying. But, like, I think the choice to have Madeline be conventionally attractive and yet be so mm -hmm. self, like, so, have so many self-esteem issues and be so afraid was actually a decent one, because at this point, Quasimodo, even though he's conventionally unattractive, he has no more self-esteem issues, right? So... Mm -hmm. That whole fire scene where he's like giving her the trinket and he's like, "This is how I see you now," and she gets really overwhelmed and happy, and that's mm -hmm. kind of when she starts feeling something real for him. That's sweet because, yeah. like, that is a little bit of like appearances don't actually matter, and and this is coming from and someone that's littered just, all throughout the film, which is kind of you know like not subtle. It's but, not subtle, hey, the pretty the the bell, the look nice, yeah, yeah, that's beautiful on the inside. Well, actually, what I really liked, what I liked with those messages, with one of those messages was when he took her up on the on the tower, and she was like, I can't see anything. And it's like, you don't have to to see the beauty of Paris. I thought that was kind of sweet. I like that one. Well, I just, I think it it, it, it is nice. It, it's a good message about believing in yourself and, and, and falling in love despite that. But again, there are other movies that do it better, so I can't necessarily... You know, no, I totally get what you mean. <laughs> yeah. I just feel it, like it was too in your face, and I didn't <laughs> like that, you know, because... Oh. Yeah. Just, like, they, they they were feeding you with a spoon, and Disney never does that, except in these directivity sequels. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I was going to say that I remember that I liked the romance before, 
I was surprised when I watched it for the podcast. I didn't believe it, you know? I didn't. I don't believe it anymore. So you liked it as a kid? I think I liked it as a kid, but now, like, I, I know about romance stories and mm-hmm. more oh, about you mean fiction you don't believe, and stuff. You don't believe this romance story? I don't, no, I don't believe the story. Got it. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I kind of get a little bit of that, too. Like, I, I'm not sure how actually compatible they really were. Like, they seem to... Uh... They, because Quasimodo just gets infatuated with with her so quickly. And it's, that is a like, good at point. the beginning, is, it's like, I love you so much. That is something I did not like, because if that happened in real life, like, you would think that, oh, that's majorly creepy. Yeah. Like, I'm in love with someone, right? But then I just, you know, chalked it up, you know, Disney, Disney love magic. Because <laughs> like, it does happen. It does happen in Disney films where they fall in love with someone. But guess like, what? Like that's again. This is why it's 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 it bugs me that it's this story because in the original he it was the same with Esmeralda and he fell in love with her too fast and it was actually a detriment because he ended up getting hurt. You know? Yeah, but dude, that was the story. Sorry. No, no, just go on. No, I was talking over you. It's okay. I was done. I was just saying it undermines the original. You know? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I was just going. That is basically what I, what I meant. That, but but in that one, that was part of the story, and he didn't end up with her, and that was kind of the point. And in this one, he does. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, like it's just it's unfortunate. I'm not saying the intentions were bad. I'm just saying I don't like that kind of writing. You know. Yeah, it's just a little too simple. You know, it, it yeah. all happens a little too easily. Like, it's like a, a movie for kindergartners or something. Yeah, and I think it is. It actually is. So it, me getting frustrated about about it shouldn't be a big thing, but it's a sequel to one masterpiece of a movie, so I am mad about it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's part of it too. Just saying, like, I feel like the the, the amount of hate we have towards a Disney movie is like parallel to how much we like to see the original. Maybe uh-huh. that has something to do with mine too, because I like I do appreciate it, but I don't love it. Yeah, so I think that has something that has something to do with my reaction towards the sequel. Because <laughs> I love Lady of the Tramp. Yeah, I hate Lady of the Tramp too. Okay, I, I don't love Lady of the Tramp at all, and I like Lady of the Tramp too. So yeah, yeah I just have a point there. It's it's like it, yeah, so that's an interesting kind of thing to consider here, and I think. Um, again, with a movie like Hunchback, like it was such a risky movie. It was such a brilliant movie. It took, it, it didn't hold your hand. And just to see the absolute opposite of that, this yeah. one has no risks, no stakes. It holds your hand the whole way through. They beat that message into you. Like it's beautiful on the inside. It's like, just stop. You don't need it. Like you went from, from not questioning our intelligence to like thinking we're babies. Like it's not necessary, you know? Um, like you say, it is a movie for kids, but I kind of think we should be allowed to be mad if a movie for kids is bad, because that is yeah, where that's what we're growing up with, you know. Yeah, yeah. movies. That's what I always say. You go, you win. Sorry. Uh, I was just saying. I'm just saying you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, you learn a lot from these movies, and 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 if they just hold your hand and they turn and and they're like they all they serve is like okay your babysit my kids for an hour that's not good we should be questioning that right because you want your kid to come away from the experience a little bit different you want them to be thinking about things and this one they're not going to be thinking about anything other than like oh 
the you know the that one song I'm singing now like again even <laughs> yeah, I wasn't as a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree. I think I always get mad when people like think of children media as less than because mm-hmm. it's like it, it definitely isn't. Like I just had a discussion as I always do with someone who was like, "Oh, have you seen the new Grinch movie?" And I was like, "No," because I have a personal vendetta against Illumination Studios. And they were like, "Why?" Because they make the most stupid animated movies for children and people think that that's what children media is and that's it and he just went on to say oh but it's okay because children and this and that and I was like no children deserve better than that and children deserve movies like Hunchback maybe not something less traumatizing maybe (laughs) I don't know but movies that don't hold their hands and be like oh yes this is bad and this is good you know and that's what Hunchback 2 does and I've been wanting to like jump into the conversation but I'm just having a blast listening to you three go on <laughs> but <laughs> because I do I do agree I mean it, I feel I feel torn on this because I do I do enjoy Madeline's character I think there's mm-hmm. something about her that I do enjoy and I don't think yeah. she's all bad but on the other hand I'm like yes but if you're gonna do a sequel because I was thinking that for Cinderella 2, we had no problem in, with it being lower stakes, and I was trying to come up with why. But it was because Cinderella, actually, the first one, it's not doesn't have that big of a stake, you know? It, it's just Cinderella, and it's just Cinderella's life at mm-hmm. stake. I mean, not her life, but, you know, her dreams and whatever. Yeah, and that's why, yeah. that's why Cinderella 2 being so low stakes doesn't feel yeah. like a betrayal to the original because it just feels more natural with what she goes through. And that's why I think it bothers me and it bothers Julia and Andy. And yeah, that this movie feels like kind of toned down. It feels like dumbed yeah. down. It feels like there's yeah. nothing going on here because we already saw the first one. And the first one, literally, Paris was burning. And this one, like, there's no, there, the biggest conflict is that they're stealing a bell. And, like, mm-hmm. what yeah. are the stakes here? And it's had complicated. Like, I get, I, I, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, if they had to tell a story set in this universe, you're right. It could have been so different. Victor Hugo wrote other books. You could have pulled, pulled all kinds of inspiration. Like, the, the, the literature was out there. I don't understand why it had to be this, you know? Well, then, you know what? It's so... Now they just say it. Like, this movie, this direct-to-home video movie, it's kind of related to Victor Hugo. It's... it's Like, it's a complete opposite of that. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me, me want to laugh. No, it's true. He would hate this because yeah. it's nothing like what he wrote. I don't think he would have liked the original. He, yeah, well, okay, I know that they Disney-fied the original. You're right. But they tried to keep it somewhat true to at least his themes, right? And yeah, Victor yeah. Hugo's whole thing was that he was dark and kind of jaded and, like, over it all. And he wrote his books about kind of, like, humanity's yeah. shortcomings. And, like... And Disney took the risk on that. Again, this is what kind of bugs me so much. When I say it's a retcon, I, I mean more so than just for the characters. Like, it's a retcon for the studio because it took this risk that didn't necessarily pay off, but it wasn't terrible, and, and decided to explore a very mature book and very mature theme. And when that kind of didn't work, they just went back to their, like, silly, like, low-stakes, um, you know, place. Mm-hmm. And even the lowest or below-stakes Disney movies aren't this bad 
Like Disney, like <laughs> did themselves wrong here. I think you know, like even even like what's the most boring Disney movie movie you can think of? Like I bet it's not this Lady in the Tramp two. Yeah. That doesn't count. That's a sequel. I'm thinking like they're movies, right? Like even like mm-hmm. people have all kinds of gripes with the older with the older Disney movies, like. But uh, they had so much heart behind them, and this has nothing. It's yeah. just it's just hollow. Like like, it's just corporate. It's just like, oh, it's so frustrating because oh, they're retconning themselves and taking a step backwards. You know, it's not. They're, they're just turning to, they're, they're becoming everything people say they are. It's like, oh, they just, like, fluff it up, and they just make it, like, romance, and they fall in love in three days, and, like, Disney yeah. isn't necessarily that, but when you put out movies like that, this is where the argument comes from. Like, oh. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I've seen... You make absolutely sense. I've seen Barbie movies, and I've seen Care Bear movies that have more heart and more story than this. Like, yeah. way higher. Oh gosh, you guys really hate it. That's really funny. <laughs> I still don't understand why you you don't. I don't. I don't hate it. I like had fun with it. Like I loved watching the romance. Like I loved watching them go on their little dates. I really liked Madeline and her character. I liked how she was super insecure with herself and how she 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 had no self esteem and her she had no self esteem and she like overcame it by the end like I love the line she had at the end at the type wrote type where she goes I'm just standing here looking yeah. pretty as she yeah. beats Saroosh that's like, my favorite I moment that's, that's, I mean, that's my favorite moment of the movie I really had a fun time with this movie like I understand what you guys are all saying I I do I do agree with all your points, but it doesn't offend me in the same way. I don't know how to explain it though. Can I just say can I just say something? Like mm-hmm. when I was saying it at the beginning, like I'm sorry to, to rain and the parade of that line being that one line being good. But it just bothers me so much that okay, so they're planning this escape, like these villains are planning this escape and they have to suffer on the ship or in the boat or wherever. And then Vandaline is like, oh, like this is my hero moment. And she grabs Zephyr. But after that, the guards just come and and capture and the bad guys. Like yeah. they, they were going to do that seconds after you rescued her, that kid. <laughs> Why? It's so bad. I think they were just, no, wait, defense, wait, I think wait, they were afraid wait. he was just going to like, Kill him, like, or something, like, yeah, right away. That's like, what, that's if they what I was did that. Say, because, you know, he has suffer like, like, by the... Let's just grab him, like... Yeah. Um, he was about to throw him, like, in the river and, let, like, let him drown. Like, that's what I think. That, that's why the guards didn't chase after him. And that's why Phoebus had to let him, you know, had to let him go because he had suffer and they were scared that he was going to hurt him. And that's what Madeline says to Quasimodo. He's like, he is going to hurt him if we don't do something. And that, like, I, I, I will be devil's advocate here and be like, no, that actually kind of makes sense to me because the thing is that he had suffer, so that's why they didn't do anything before. It's not like they were stupid and they were just laying around. There, it's just something that they not, they didn't know how to get Zephyr back, and it was up to Madeleine to do the tight rope and grab him. And actually, I think it's more on on um, what's the name of the villain? Sarush. It's more his fault because he still had Zephyr like 
like freaking Rafiki, Robin. Yeah, I know. I love that. I was like, put him down. Like that's why that's why it was so easy for Madeline to grab him because he was just dangling him. So like, but stupid moments like that I find funny. That I enjoy it. Like he was like, I love how you say like he was dangling him like Rafiki because he really was. It was so funny. It was hilarious. See, I find I enjoy that even though it sucks. I don't know how to. Yeah. So here's my take. Okay, yeah, you go ahead. I'm just going to say that I find it so funny that Tammy didn't like Lion King too, but she likes the. I know, I know. Yeah, like I was, I was thinking like this is pretty much Lion King too, but worse. Like what? <laughs> what? I'm just so. What did you say? Like a romance. I feel so attacked right now. No, I'm saying Lion King too. No, like this movie is worse than Lion King two. At least Lion King two had a reason to exist insofar as it was based on a Shakespeare like the first one. Like, okay, yeah. whereas this, there's nothing. And in fact, like like we said, Victor Turner would roll over in his grave. You know, like, or sorry, Victor Hugo. What am I? Who am I yeah. saying? You know, Victor Turner. Victor, I don't know what who that is. That's <laughs> <laughs> I only like, like he will turn and roll. Yes, oh, wow. both. Okay. Whereas, at least in Lion King two, even though it had way lower stakes and has a lot of the same problems, like at the very least, it was also based on a Shakespeare. You know, and like the characters had a little more going on. Oh, I'm sorry, Tammy. I don't want to be attacking you because I think no, you're, you're not attacking exactly. me. It's okay, really good. funny. Yeah. Tammy's like, go so- on. I'm no, just, I, no, when you bring up Lion King 2, it's pretty much the same thing. It's like a romance after this epic thing, and like, okay. uh, I, I guess that one's different because it's not the same characters, but like, it's, it's almost, it's very similar, and it's like, why? Like, why? <laughs> why do they do this? I don't know. But I don't, I don't I, want to hear Lion King 2 is like Hunchback 2 again in my life. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't think Lion King 2 is a more stake than this. It does have I more think that's why, that's what I like, didn't like about Lion King 2, because, like, I what I like about this is that it's low stakes and it's just the romance. Like, there's really no nothing serious here. While well, Lion King 2 was trying to be, all, like, kind of serious at the end and it just didn't work for me. Like, like while here I enjoy that they embrace the lightheartedness and the, and the non-seriousness of it all. You know why I don't like that? Because I felt like I was watching a Saturday morning cartoon, and I feel mm-hmm. like this yeah. was like an episode of some cartoon. I didn't feel like a movie. Like I was yeah. watching, like I was watching the last two movies, and they felt like movies. You know, like you put a VHS and you got a movie, but mm-hmm. this felt like I was just watching TV, like bad TV. Yeah. Because I don't know, maybe because of that, because no, the characters were just laying around, dressed like they always were. <laughs> yeah, and it's like again, again. Sorry, like I, I, I'm not trying to hate on Lion King two at all. I actually think that's one of the stronger sequels. No, I'll say it. I think it's one of the stronger sequels. It's not as good as the original, but no, none of them are, right? And the thing is, think of Lion King two next to its predecessor. It feels like it's in the same world, at least a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. It, and mm-hmm. I know part of that's the animation, and the and the music is much better than it is here. But but like even with the stakes, yes, they're lower, but they still feel at least somewhat a tiny bit closer to the original, certainly than this. This is just so, like, bottom of the barrel. I, it, it, it's just because I like the original so much, to be yeah. honest with you. Like, it, it's that, that's why, you know? So, it's it sucks, because it's basically, it's a very similar plot line with, like, okay, like, they fall in love, and, like, Madeline's, like, secretly deceiving Quasimodo, just, like, uh-huh. kind of deceiving Kiara. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's very similar in that sense. But Kobo and Fiara were written better, and like even like they they sound better and they emote better because it's a better script. Like that's mm-hmm. the other problem. These talented voice actors are reduced to just like like silly little like clowns because they've got nothing good to say. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's not right. It's fine. I'm, I'm having fun. I, I actually like. I want to be like the middle ground here because I don't think I hate it with a passion. Like mm-hmm. because I do have some nostalgic feeling towards it because I did watch it a lot as a kid and I appreciate it as a kid. So I do. I don't want to like completely share on it because I don't. I do think it has some redeeming qualities. And like for example, I I do have a problem with Quasimodo falling in love because I don't think he has any other arc in this movie other than falling in love and that's not an arc, that's just something that happens to him. So my my take on this is that this that Quasimodo is not actually the protagonist of this movie. Like the protagonist of this movie is Madeline. That's because she she is the one who goes through an arc. She goes mm-hmm. from being like someone's just toy and someone's like errant girl to like knowing her own worth and her own value and Quasimodo just helps her through that. Like Quasimodo really becomes more like a secondary character to her because she mm-hmm. he's just there to make her grow, and that's kind of interesting. But yeah. also like, but it's not framed like that. You know, the, the the protagonist is supposed to be Quasimodo, but in in when you watch the movie, you just realize this is Madeline's story, and mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, like, people yeah. said the same thing about the Beast and in beating the Beast, how he's more the protagonist than Belle. As Belle doesn't really go through any major changes, and that that it's the Beast. I think I got that from the nostalgia critic. I kind of like both the protagonists there. I think I do think Belle goes goes through maybe smaller arcs, but she she has some agency and she learns things during that movie. Meanwhile, here Quasimodo has little to learn. Mm -hmm. Like like his whole conflict is like, oh, nobody likes me because I'm ugly or something. And then this girl comes along and turns out that he she actually likes him even though. he looks the way that he looks, and that's it. And that's not an arc. That's just something that happens to him. Yeah, well, you're right. I think, if I may, I think your your take on that Madeline's the protagonist is really interesting, and it makes a lot of sense. And but I think that you're right. It's framed so poorly that that actually kind of lowers the stakes more because if Quasi's the protagonist, I feel like his arc in the in the first movie was that nobody likes him. But the very first thing in the in the wiki article, um, because I have it open here. The very first like sentence is Quasimodo is now an accepted part of Parisian society. Like so, he is accepted. People, people like he's kind of like this like this town, you know, mascot? like mascot. Yeah, he, like they know that he's oh there. They like him. Yeah, treat him. So there's even less stakes. I do think that Quasimodo has not really completely accepted himself. I do think that he still shows that he has some. Personal issues. I think it's more about himself. Like he is accepted by people, but he still like he still kind of craves that that other kind of relationship. He sees Phoebus and Smirnov, and of course he wants that. And and he he thinks that the reason that he's not getting it is because the way that he looks. And this like even in the beginning of the movie when he's looking at his reflection in the Fidel Bell, and he looks at himself in this like weird version where he's not as deformed and he and and I say and I say as because he still looks kinda weird because he does animated anime I mean sequel animation but he looks himself as a more like normal guy and just I think that that's kinda problematic because it it sets him up 
for an arc about him accepting himself for who he is, and that's not what he gets. He just gets a girl to fall in love with him, and I and I think that the movie would have been much stronger if Madeline wasn't even there and he just learned to. But what do I you know. do for that? I mean, I, I I'm not really I'm not that interested. If I could, like, kind of chime in here, because I'm thinking about all your points, Gina, and I, I thought I thought of something, right? What if, <laughs> if we were to rewrite this movie with the same characters and same basic plot, wouldn't it be so much more interesting and different? And I think this is how this story works into the hunchback actual world. If If we're thinking like this, what if the movie starts out with Madeline Circus coming to town, and she's the first character we see. Oh, and it okay. starts out, her perspective, she goes into town, meets Quasimodo, like, accidentally, like, during the whole Festival of Love thing, is kind of, like, weirded out, but then gets her thing. What if it was all to her perspective the whole time? That, I think, makes sense why she's interacting with these characters and why these characters are secondary, because then they are. And if Quasi's not the main character and it's her story the entire time, I think that's the way to save this movie while keeping it at least somewhat what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, think about it. Because then she's she's the only good thing about this movie, right? Like, most of you guys agree. And even I was thinking similar. Like, when I'm... Because I wasn't... I, I didn't want to come in here and just be a negative, you know, force. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I, I didn't I know I was going to be so negative. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. Like, I was, I was honestly trying to find things I like about it. And she is the best thing. I think she deserves a better movie. And if... Yes. If that was her movie, if she if she comes in and we and, and we spend most of the time with her and when and when he's out of the picture, we're seeing her and her abusive relationship with Sarouche and we're seeing like that she wants a better life for herself, but she's afraid and he gives her that, how much better would that be? And yeah, that, be that makes sense as to why we're here. Yeah. It's a traveling circus. And it's not a continuation of Quasi's story at all. It's a That's a good story. point. That's a good right? point. It's Quasi yeah. helping other people. Yeah. And that would strengthen his arc too, because he's 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 able to like give his lessons that he learned in the first one to this new person, and along the way they can fall in love. I don't think this should have been a romance first, you know. It should have been what it was—a character study of someone coming to terms with themselves, and then the romance can be secondary. And if Quasi is a secondary character, I think that that gives it a reason to exist. That justifies it. <laughs> Because it's not about these people anymore. It's about the setting and, and, and a circus coming to Paris and this girl and and she can learn. And it's less about loving, like it's less about beauties on the inside and, and like don't judge appearances because we've had that already. Beauty and the Beast, the original, so many others, right? It's not about that. It's about coming, like loving yourself, right? That would be yes. so much better, you guys. Yes. What do you think? I think I totally so. agree. I love everything yeah. you said. I love that because but we can the just podcast is over. Mic drop. We can just sit here and like write a better, a better movie than what we just watched, and it feels so easy. Like, why did they think? I mean, I get it. I get why they did, didn't think of this, especially. But like, come on, it just would have been so much better. Yeah, and and for God's sake, give Esmeralda a new dress and like a different hairstyle or something. All right. <laughs> and like, yeah. Oh, can, I, can I say something? Like, one of the lines in the films, like, perfectly explains, uh, embodies, like, how low the stakes were in the film when, um, what was it? The Sarush stole the bell, and Klopin goes, and now the festival is ruined. 
Oh, see, even that is stupid, but I loved it. Like, I, I am entertained by it. Like, <laughs> I find it hilarious. I wanted to hate watch it, but I didn't expect to hate just hate hate it. I want to say something about him as a villain, right? Like, he's he's a poor villain because I think he's too similar to so many other villains. And, like, I like I studied, like, feminist and queer theory a lot, right? Because I, I am a gay person, so I find that stuff really interesting. And Disney tends to, like, gayify their villains a lot. And this guy's, like, kind of very, very obviously coded to be yeah. pretty... Pretty clearly, you know, he's, 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 uh, gay, <laughs> you know? Um, and like, I, I think that sometimes it really works. Like with Ursula based on a drag queen, I think that is actually a really interesting representation of, um, of, of someone. And I think that they did it in an appropriate way, even Scar, right? But then like when you get to your Radcliffe's or this guy, like it's getting, it's just like, oh, the gay man's obsessed with like the pretty things and, and he, and he's like, he's conniving and he just wants money and he just wants power and he hates women. And like, it, it, it's so, um, it, it, it's poorly handled. I'll say like, it's, it's not very tasteful, this particular villain, whereas some of their other queer coded villains are very tasteful and very interesting. And there's a reason behind it. And it's like, you know, it's actually handled respectfully. Like this is not one of those times. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree. So, you know, that's, that's so another unfair. another notch in, 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 in the yeah. the dislike bar. Like <laughs> I'll give him this that at least at least the villain has you know, it's compatible with the themes of the movie. I think it's kind of interesting that he has this whole ritual of putting on his hair and and, you know, fitting uh inside the, you know, this this how how what's it called? The corset? Corset. Yeah. The corset to make himself look thinner and the hair and the makeup and you know that this this guy that just appreciates beauty on the outside you know that yeah kind of fits with a the theme the theme of the movie I pulled that in the quotes um, but still he's not a strong a villain because that's all that he has going on for him mm-hmm. and it's something that we have seen before and it's not that well handled and that's yeah and it's a little bit too in, it's a little bit too in your face yeah exactly yeah, like not subtle again. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and the thing is, like, when they are a little more subtle, it's better, I think. Like, it just is. Like, I think I think Ursula is a gay icon, okay? Like, I love <laughs> her. And for so many reasons. And I could talk your ear off about her, too. Even Scar, right? Like, I think that that, that coding is kind of inconsequential to their actual villainness. Whereas, like, for Radcliffe or this guy, it's so obviously, like, hate him because he's a feminist. You know? Uh, so... Again, it's just it, it, it's it's not it, it, Disney can do better, and they have done better. Which again, it it, it makes me sad because I feel like with this movie, it's they're not they're not just failing their audience; they're failing themselves and the standards mm. that they should be holding themselves to, you know. Mm. And I yeah. feel like they were like, oh, it's just a direct DVD sequel; no one's gonna watch it. But that's your brand, Disney. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you're releasing it, if you're releasing it under a Disney name, like at least have some quality control and like yeah. do something about it. Exactly. Like, come on. That's that's people are gonna talk about it. You know, this is you, your name. You can't put something out there that you're not. So I have a question. So we we pretty much agreed that we liked Cinderella too. What makes that better than this? Because the characters felt like an actor of progression. This doesn't feel like it was in the same universe at all. 
Yeah, I think that's that's what it boils down. Boils that's down what it boils to down to that it's not a true true continuation of the original the story. I think as well more about the characters. I mean, you can wrote you can write a whole different story of Quasimodo, but if you still have Quasimodo at the heart of it, then you have still still mm-hmm. him being him, then the story maybe work. But you know, if your characters don't work and they don't feel like themselves, then your story is not going to land because you're working on a sequel. Mm-hmm. And the sequel is supposed to be, you know, what else are these characters doing? But we don't really care about what they are doing. We we care about them, you know. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's why oh, I, I think Cinderella 2 works better because Cinderella feels like Cinderella and it feels like, oh, yeah, this is something that would happen to Cinderella now that she's a princess. Yeah. You know? And there was a reason to show these different stories and to and yeah. to tell that story. Yeah, to tell the story of like, what happened after Cinderella became a princess. You know, this is a completely different, uh, uh, how do you say, life that, that whatever she had before. So how is she adapting to it? That's the story. That There's a story there. Mm-hmm. Also, I think with Cinderella 2 versus this one and versus a lot of other ones i think both the cinderella sequels i i wasn't here for cinderella 2 obviously but my two cents it it is three short films and it Mm -hmm. knows that and that's all it tries to be so even right there it's self-aware whereas this one really doesn't feel self-aware and also yeah but like it, it knows it's it, it knows it's three short films, and then the next yeah. one it knows it's a total retcon, and it's kind of bizarre, and it's and I think that's awesome. But I'll <laughs> say about the Anastasia arc in Cinderella Two, isn't that for goodness sake exactly the same as this movie we're watching here about learning to mm-hmm. love someone who they are? Oh. And wasn't yeah. that than a hundred times better because it was short, because it was not trying to like. Because it was a character that was a secondary character in her movie, and it was a bit of a redemption story for her, as well as a love story. You know, like, there was no stakes for Quasi because he was already accepted. Like, if he was still unaccepted, like Anastasia, and it was a bit of a redemption arc, maybe it could work, but it doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, like, that's that was better because it was short. It, it felt like a better connection, to be totally honest. And, like, there was more to it than just, oh, yeah. Anastasia has a boyfriend now. It Because we, we needed Anastasia to be redeemed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's the point, you know? And, yeah. and okay. as the life coach worked better as Esme as the life coach. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, Cindy being like, okay, I guess I'll help you, evil stepsister, was actually a character strength for her because, yes. you know, she's helping someone who was abusive to her because she has a better life now and it, you know like there's even reason there's reason mm-hmm. so just yeah it's so much it's so much stronger it's so much like it, it, it's a tighter script like mm-hmm. because of because it is low stake but it's supposed to be low stakes and it yeah. knows it and, and the length and julia mentioned that the fact that it's shorter which also helps helps it because it doesn't need yeah. to have any any like a full picture film Definitely. like Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <sighs> Hunchback Two is only sixty six minutes. That's like it is a good point. It's, it's actually it feels super too short. long. It, it does. Like I'm sorry, it does feel too long. If, I if like, it could have been a short film, and maybe it could have been better. Or again, if it was Madeline's perspective, there. That's the saddest part. Hey, there are ways to save it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why? Why? You know. You know what? 
I think I was thinking about this when I was watching the movie, and this goes back to the gargoyle thing. Like I this the thing with Madeline being able to hear and react to the gargoyles would have oh. been so much better if we hadn't seen the gargoyles already interact with real life things, because yeah. then it would mean like he, she and and Quasi have this kind of thing in common, and that she can see. You know these these fragments of his mind. Like that would have been so interesting and weird, weird, but that would have worked. <laughs> I think it would have worked better because the whole thing with Madeline is that she can hear the gargoyles, and the gargoyles are like, "What the fuck? Can she hear us?" <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't really land because mm-hmm. yes, because we, you know, with the previous already established that they have they are real things, but then in this movie they're supposed to not be, and that's why it's weird for Madeline to hear them. Exactly. But you know that's why it doesn't land. Like, again, with the inconsistencies, did they watch the first movie? (laughs) You're right, that's so interesting, and it could have been, like, a weird... We could have been talking about, like, the psychological ramifications of her sharing his delusions, and what does it mean? And it could have been a weird destiny story. It could have been. It could have been great. (laughs) It could have been different. We were the witch of greatness. And we were were this close. (laughs) (laughs) No. Why? Why? Okay. Why is freaking Zephyr white? We're still not over that, okay? Zephyr so annoying. Zephyr is Zephyr is the Ultimate. Yes. Spirit is Ultimate himself plays Zephyr. And it's it's oh my god, Zephyr can we talk about Zephyr? Because man, I didn't remember this kid being so annoying and so useless. Like like the first things he says is like just like whoa 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 and that's all he says and then the this stupid joke that they make where where Smarla goes slow down Zephyr and he goes okay mom it's just so cute no but it's I like I don't know I find Zephyr gosh I thought that was kind of cute that joke I don't know I didn't mind that joke. I, I just thought it was stupid, and then when he just randomly started singing, I was like, what? Did you have a song? Why did you have a song? And Zephyr- like, Yago has a song, now Zephyr has a song. Yago has two songs. Why, why do people make him sing? He <laughs> like a lot of singing in the Disney movie. But this is the other thing. You know, the song that she, that he sings is supposed to be about his relationship with Quasi and how close they are, and I'm like, why is Quasi suddenly like his father figure? Like he has a father. Why yeah. isn't he close to his father? Why is Quasimodo raising Zephyr? Where are Rod and Phoebus? Like, exactly. Exactly. Like they, they they didn't even allow Esmeralda to be a good mom. Like she couldn't even have that. Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Like how it, it just feels weird. Yeah. Also, can we talk about the ramifications and the weirdness of, like, a full-grown adult hanging out with a kid and being, like, mm-hmm. a kid's best friend? Like, even that's strange. Like, that is a good point. I, I don't know. Maybe it, I, I mean, it can work. I mean, look at um, Ralph and Vanellope, and I know they're video game characters, but they work because they have these very innocent kind of bonds. And, like, I don't mind that. I just find it weird that if Zephyr has parents, like, why? Like, the, like it's when people just kind of disappear from that scene, and Cosmology to take uh, care of Zephyr, but why? But why does that happen? Like mm-hmm. the, he's right. his parents, and if it would have like if Cosimoto was his dad, maybe 
let's put it that way. Maybe Stefan is not smarter than Phoebe's son. Maybe it's Quasimodo and someone else's son. Maybe that scene would be cute because it would be about a father's son son. But because he's not his father, it's just like, why, 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 why is he <laughs> I'm so close to this kid? Like, I'm not totally convinced that that's Esmeralda's son, all right? Because <laughs> Phoebus reproduced asexually or something. He looks exactly like Phoebus and nothing like Esmeralda, all right? Like, he doesn't even have black hair. Like, come on. Yeah, they, they did her dirty. Like, not even her son looks like, like her. I know. Like, why? Why are they so, like... That's, that's also a weird thing from the original, like, because Quasimodo's parents are both right. gypsies, but he's white. And, like, okay, maybe... Maybe if he had been, like, darker skinned, it would have been more problematic because he's basically Frodo's slave. So, maybe that was the reason. Was, yeah, I always I, explained that away that, like, he's that was his dad? Or... <laughs> no, it's like, he never sees the sun, but, like, no. Uh-huh. That's... <laughs> so, like, that doesn't explain as to why he's, like, light skinned. Like, that's true. It's no, both his. <laughs> I think we're trying to get way too deep into the genetics, the biology of hunting. Yeah. We need a putted square, okay? <laughs> we need yeah. No, you're right. That is weird. But I, I guess that, 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 you know what? Maybe we can give Zephyr a pass then because this, these movies have always been unclear of like what genetic spawn should look like. <laughs> hey, I have two cousins that are half Vietnamese, half white, and they look fully white. So it yeah. happens. It's it can happen. You're right. You're right. That's okay. Okay, that's fair. Okay. Okay, so Zephyr is white, and we're okay with it, but he's still annoying. Can I mention something else about steaks? I know I'm, like, backtracking yeah. a bit, but I was, like, looking okay. over the wiki article. Again, the very first film, listen to what the, it lists as the themes of the first film, right? It lists, uh, where was it? Um, mature themes such as infant side, lust, damnation, genocide, and sin. And what's the, and, and what's the biggest thing at stake? It's not Paris is burning and people are dying. It's robbery. Like, it's not even, even the crime, even the bad guy, it's so low stakes, you guys. Like, yeah. I feel Pretty worse deep. for the person whose purse he slashes than for the damn bell. Because who's actually, like, I guess, like, what? They can't ring another freaking bell? Like, can we talk? Can we talk about the physics of that bell for a minute? Because, I was going to yeah. say that bell makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, that's such an epic. It's gonna ring, and you're gonna hear a crash of shattered yeah. stones. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Well, as a kid, as a kid, I thought it was cool. I think it looked really cool because it was. It's kind of ugly outside, and it's very pretty on the inside. And it's very obvious, but I thought I found that like like really cool. But now I'm watching, it and I'm like. Yeah, that was just so forced. Mm-hmm. And so, you know what? That is a, a point to bring up is like the kids aren't going to be sitting down and looking at the, you know, complicated science, physics, genetics behind this. So we do have to yeah. consider that too. Like, <laughs> the, you know, <laughs> the, like, I, I think that we can, we can like lower our standards a bit to think like, okay, if this is for like the, the six-year-olds versus, like, the the 12- and 15-year-olds of the first movie. Like, okay, six-year-olds could watch it and be entertained, but still, like, still, they could be watching better movies. Or they could be, you know, like, it's just... Um, I mean, I personally don't find it super offensive. Like, I don't think it'll hurt. Like, they could be watching better movies, but I don't think it's something that'll, like... I don't... Like, right. you said it, like, it, it talks down. Like, 
I I don't know because I feel like I've seen worse where like the jokes are dumb and it really talks down to them and it really thinks like children are idiots. And I don't think yeah. like, this is one of I don't think this is one of those movies. Like if you compare it to the original, yeah, I guess you could say that it's dumbing it down, but I don't think it's it. I don't think it regards is its audience as idiots. Like I don't think I think it's harmless personally. You're right. I think I think you're right, but I feel like to be honest, that's kind of my problem with it because the first one wasn't harmless and it pushed the envelope and it took risks. Yeah. And the fact that this one is is just such a step down. And I feel like if you think of other quote unquote harmless Disney movies, there are better ones. Like again, it's just like <laughs> I feel like we should be holding our children's entertainment to something higher. Like I don't know. Yeah. I think to I think this movie is like um, most unfortunate like aspect about it is that it is a sequel to the Hunchback of Notre Dame yeah. and like that on itself like if this was if this if this was a if this was a standalone movie maybe I wouldn't be so hard on it maybe I would, I would be like okay this movie is just harmless it's just kind of maybe kind of boring but it's just there and it, it won't pay anyone it won't harm anyone but because it is a sequel to the, uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is was which was so bold and so magnificent, and it's really a masterpiece of animation. It really suffers a lot from that, and yeah, I think I do see Tammy's point, and I don't want to to um, I don't want to shit on that, but I do think it is a harmless movie, but it is a sequel, and if you're gonna be a sequel to a masterpiece, then you're gonna it's just yeah. gonna be expected yeah. to be good at least. The comparison will still be there. Yeah, right. And yeah. I think you're totally right. I really do agree that if this was not a sequel to a movie that was so groundbreaking and brilliant, I would not. I probably yeah. wouldn't hate it about it, let alone hate it. You know, like it just it wouldn't. I wouldn't. It wouldn't have the same reaction. You're totally right. So. You're right. I don't think it's gonna brainwash kids or hurt kids. That's you know, <laughs> of course not. It 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 it, it it's. It's Technicolor babysitting, you know? That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. It's just unfortunate that it had, like, again, why this story? Why does Disney want to do this to this story, this groundbreaking story that was for the the older audience and was problematic and questioning and it was awesome and it made kids think? Why this? <laughs> why <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so we kind of went off the rails. We didn't really follow our structure, which no. is kind of fun. <laughs> no, um, I think I just wanted to add that, um, despite all of it, I do like Madeline. Like she has her flaws as her character, and I do think that she could have been handled better. And she did, she wasn't really necessary for Quasimodo's arc. But I do appreciate what she does, and I do uh, I agree with Tammy that I do enjoy how she has a lot of insecurities, and they're they're there because she was raised in a very toxic, abusive environment, and that's tough, and it's tough to handle. And I think it's like very subtle, and that's why it works because you don't have to have a flashback of Madeline in the streets when she was six years old and being abused by by Charouche, but you still get her and you understand why she feels the way that she does. And I do relate to her because, like, this is the most basic thing I'm ever going to say, but she's so clumsy and she's always going, she always says something, like, kind of dorky and she goes, oh, that's stupid. And I love that, how at, in the end she goes, oh, maybe that's stupid. No, no wait, no, it's not. Thank you. And I, I, I find that very sweet, and I yeah. find that a very compelling character arc. And I do enjoy um, this bit of visual storytelling because at the beginning of the movie, she's rehearsing 
in the tie rope and when Sharush comes in, she falls and she loses her balance and she's just like, okay, okay, yes, yes, Sharush, whatever. And the second time that it happens after she has met Quasimodo, she's practicing the tie rope and Sharush comes in and he, she kind of falters a little bit, but she gets back back up and she doesn't fall again and she's like no I'm not taking part in your steps again and you like that's a little bit of visual storytelling that it really it really hammers in how that this character is growing and and that's a thing that I like like I just noticed that and I was like this is very well handled like this this cleverness this is some this shows that there was actually intelligent people working on it who saw the opportunity of making this little bit of animation be its own story like the just the fact that she doesn't fall again at the side of Sharush that that's it that's a character arc and I I really have to give give that to them and that's why I think I enjoy Madeline so much because I do think she's relatable and she grows and like I think the only people who actually have a character arc in this movie is Madeline and a little bit Phoebus but the arc is not as strong and it's not as as noticeable. I think I think you're right. I think that if Madeline was the main character and if they if if she if she was the star and 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 those were those like themes that you're talking about with her were really explored, this would be a better movie. I think she deserves a better movie. You know, she's she's a decent character, and I think Jennifer Love Hewitt acts her well, you know? like Yeah, mm-hmm. I, totally, I do agree with you there. Like, she, you really can sense her vulnerability, her shyness, and her insecurity in Jennifer Love Hewitt's and voice. I relate to her, too, you know? And I remember relating to her as a kid. And I'm just saying, I like that she's a, a Disney heroine who, ha- who gets to have short hair. Because I've always mm-hmm. had short hair, and, like, we need representation. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I like that. I do like her design. You're right. She deserves a better movie. And she should have been the protagonist because, like you said, nobody else gets an arc. Quasi doesn't get an arc. Esme certainly doesn't. Zephyr doesn't. <laughs> just her. Zephyr's <laughs> just there. He's literally just there to be abducted, and that's it. To be abducted. He's the devil. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. Oh man. And for oh, guys. I think it's funny because I just found it funny because uh, for the whole movie, it's just like. Esmeralda calls him out because he keeps putting people in boxes like oh gypsies were this and the secrets people are that and Esmeralda just goes like don't do that like you cannot generalize and think that everyone is like that and it but it it, it would have been a great character arc for him but it's not really well handled and in it the is, end he yeah. just goes when they're in the festival and he just goes oh yeah you were right about it all I <laughs> It was just like, it was an arc, like, well, it just, it was just so, so easily, so it is an arc, but it's just not as strong and it's not as well handled, um, and I just give this, I, I did laugh at this moment where he goes, he's, he's on, on his horse on Achilles, and he goes, how many times have wow. I been drunk, yeah. and that, 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 that was counting funny. with his hoof, that was clever, and then that it goes, it far, comes like, back, it comes back again, like, how many times have people been mad at me and the horse just starts counting? It's like, <laughs> it was rhetorical. It was just, that was funny. That I do give them that one because I did laugh at that. Just saying, like, that horse, like, totally a precursor, like, in the original, like, totally a precursor to, uh, to Maximus. And that's yeah. yeah, he's happy. Maximus is, like, the recognized perfect character of that horse. 
Also, I'm pretty sure his name was Achilles. Yeah, Achilles. Yeah. Achilles sit. Yes. And so Achilles, that's Achilles, good. Achilles heel. Achilles yeah. heel. Yes. And I think they named him Achilles just so they can make that joke. That's that the joke. commentary, that the director commentary. That is so uh, awesome. Did you guys remember uh, Follow's horse? The angry, like that angry monster. Or, yeah. Do you know what's his name? What is his name? The blackest horse I've ever seen. His name is Snowball. Like, leave it to Frollo to name a horse like that. Of course. You know what else, guys? I don't think we mentioned this yet, but can I just say the other, you know, terrible sin of this movie, which is not this movie's fault, but it is, it is severely lacking in Frollo because Frollo is one of the best villains mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> I know he died. I know. Okay. Yeah. But he, he really did elevate the first movie a lot. Because of just how twisted and corrupt he really was, and it was a brilliant, brilliant villain, and he was such a good foil to Quasi, and it's, it's just, it's, it suffers because this villain, and we've already talked about his shortcomings, but he could never be Frollo, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, who it, could it ever be Frollo? It definitely suffers because you cannot help but make a comparison, and like no one would have ever like hold a candle to Frollo. Yeah, he's one yeah. of my favorite characters. Yeah. But not because he's a good character, because he's a twisted, evil character. I think he's just written so perfectly. And I think that his song about, like, struggling between, like, what he believes is just and what he wants to do is insanely powerful. Again, in that twisted way, like, oh, my God, look at how he's objectifying her. Look at how he's justifying his literal genocide with faith. And, like, ooh. Made the devil so much stronger than him, man. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Like, I think he's a great character in, in the way, insofar as he's a terrible, like, twisted human being. <laughs> Sorry, little rant there, but point is, this was very lacking in Frollo. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so, are we ready to move on? Yeah, I know. What, move on to what? Like, where are we even at? <laughs> I mean, yeah, because we've pretty much covered I mean, it all. Or- that's another thing. What we did like about the movie was Madeline mm-hmm. and, and like Achilles. And Achilles. And for me, I did like some of the cinematography, like not the animation, but the way that they kind of set up the scenes. For example, there's this one scene with Madeline and Sharush where she's laid, she's laid in the floor and there's a um, mirror behind her and you just see Sharush through the reflection in the mirror. And I think that's a really cool way to block that scene and you know it has these bits of like really clever um photography let's call it that cinematography but sadly the animation looks so ugly that you cannot appreciate it for what it is also another bit of um of those things that i did like is that scene where she's laying on the floor and she reaches out to hold the the little wooden figure that Cosy gave her and then it dissolves, and it's Quasimodo reaching out to his own little wooden figure. And like that, just it's a really nice visual storytelling. And yeah, I think those were like my main, the main things that jumped at me, because I did think those were kind of really well thought up. But that's it. And the animation, it just, it doesn't help to make it look as good as it could have been. And that's it. I think those are the two or three things that I did like. <laughs> yeah. And the romance. I think the romance is wholesome. I do mm-hmm. mind the romance. But, yeah, it, it, it's just kind of rushed. But that's it. It's just... Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> There's the one scene, okay, that, that uh, speaking of the cinematography that I'll mention, um, when Madeline's like, why don't you come out so I can see you? And then he's like, no, and, and you, you see, like, she her eyes glance up at the curtain and she pulls mm-hmm. the curtain down. They do some really nice stuff with light there. I will give them yeah. that, like, the light on him and then, like, uh, her backing away and she does look frightened terrified yeah can i say that shocked me as a kid i was expecting her to like welcome him and then like the fact that she actually is terrified of him which makes sense but like as a kid that that like was like oh dang yeah Yeah. and like that it it shows that that, it it shows that even she who she she she's a good person but she still has her prejudice and yeah yeah. And it makes sense because like she's not part of the town. She did not she did not see Quasimodo in his like um and what he did for them. Like so she doesn't know who he is. So it makes sense yeah. that someone from a traveling circus would have that reaction to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And for what we didn't like is just everything else. <laughs> yeah, everything we yeah. didn't mention. <laughs> yeah, the villain, the mission, the handle of the characters, everything else is just wrong. Yeah, I think the biggest sin, too, is, like, just, you know, for Disney fans talking about it, we came up with, like, better ideas than what we got. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it, it shows that if they put a little more effort into it, we could have gotten something better. So, yeah, <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. like, the saddest thing. It's just, like, so clear that there wasn't anything behind this. Yeah, definitely. It's really, it's always sad, you know, because we love these movies. We love the original ones. Mm-hmm. This most of these movies, they are just, as we always say, they're just cashing in on the movies. And sometimes they work, sometimes they end up being, you know, worthy worth stories and worthy characters. But sometimes you get Hunchback of Notre Dame 2, where it's just like, why was it even done? Oh, yeah, to make money. And that's it. Oh. And that it doesn't feel like anything else. And even though it does have those little moments of brilliance or like, a good character or a good scene, they're not enough to hold the movie together. And they're still, you just leave the movie feeling like, uh, what? And that, <laughs> that, it's just, it feels bad. It feels wrong. Yeah. 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 What? what? <laughs> so, so the next thing that we do is just to go around and say our opinions on if this was an upgrade or a downgrade from the original one. So I'll uh, go with Julia first because she has a very strong opinion about it. Sound great. <laughs> you know, capital letters all the way through. Know, in everything, music was a downgrade. Animation, writing, even acting. Even though it was the same actors, but that's not their fault. They had a terrible script. Um, I don't think it's awful. I, I get that it's a Disney movie. I or Disney sequel. Sorry, Disney movies are brilliant. That's the <laughs> um, but I just again, why? Why a, why a sequel to The Hunchback of Notre Dame that's a love story? Like, that's, that's, that's just, it, 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 it's, it's, it's not right to Victor Hugo, to what the original was trying to do, to the, to the, to the stakes, what it was trying to give, you know? It, it's a downgrade because the original was brilliant and it was trying to push the envelope. <laughs> this is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, despite my defense of it, I do think it is a downgrade because it is. It, the animation is not great. It's not bad. It's not good. It's bad. And <laughs> the music, I do enjoy the music, but obviously, like, no one's going to hold a candle to, like, to the original. Like, that was just epic beyond epic. And, um, and you're right. The cha- the characters don't feel like themselves. The writing is, is subpar. But, like, for me, I, I think I had a really big disconnect with the sequel and the original film, 
which I don't know if that's the right way to watch the film, but like I, I enjoyed it more. And I think that's why I'm, I am least, I'm the, like, I'm not offended by it because I did not, like, I guess I didn't treat it as a sequel. I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I knew it was a sequel, but I did not, I, I had a really big, I did not connect it with the original film. And I think that's why I do have this less than negative reaction towards it. Yeah, but it is a downgrade, for sure. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Andy? That's fair. Do I need, do I need to say it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the capital D A N D What? No, downgrade, total downgrade. Alright, we'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. for me, just make that four because yeah, I mean there's no one I think on this earth that would ever say that it's an upgrade because mm. it is hard to upgrade on something that's already near perfection, I guess. Like, the only way that kids could have been an upgrade is if they could have gotten rid of the gargoyles and let the story run yeah. without them. Maybe that would have been the upgrade. Um, but, yeah, this is sadly and tragically a downgrade because, I don't know, I said tragically because I think this movie deserves a lot. And if they were going to make a sequel, like, it deserved to be... A lot better than this. We deserve better than this. And I think the original animators and the original director and the original characters deserve so much better than this. And yeah, I think it's tragic, but it is what we have. And yeah, that's it. <clears throat> so just to round up, uh, let, we always do this um, crazy rating for the movies. I hope you were prepared. Um, oh, yes, Tammy told that? me about them, but I got very <laughs> wrapped up in the discussion. I'll go last. Oh. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Tammy? Yeah. Okay. You guys are going to hate me, but <laughs> no, it's because okay. it's cute. It's because it's cute. So you may fa fa fall in love with Hunchback, too. <laughs> I do. I, I take offense. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> that's cute. Um, Andy? Um, I won't shout my love for Hunchback oh. to you anytime sooner. <laughs> oh my gosh, I like that. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. Um. I think uh, it's so sad. I mean, I'm 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 excusing my line from this. I'm sparing my line from this. But I curse this movie to eternal damnation and hell a little fire. <laughs> oh. Dang. That's good. Okay. okay. Uh, Julia. All right. If if you tried to ring a bell to show your love for this movie that was beautiful on the inside, unfortunately, it would shatter under <gasps> the physics of, I don't know. Good. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> um, ringing, ringing La Fidel as praise for this movie would result in a lot of broken glass and even more disappointment. Oh, okay. okay with that. Okay with that. Yeah, I, thought you were gonna say, I thought you were going to go with something like, this movie is ugly on the outside and on the inside. Yeah, I, I was thinking of it, but I thought that was too obvious. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So, that, would yeah. Go with, that would go with the theme of this movie, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, okay, oh, that was fun, guys. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you guys so much for having on. I really do appreciate it. Like, yeah, I, no, I, girl, girl, I appreciate you so much. You <laughs> you came in to to make a stand against Hunchback 2 and hell you did. Yeah, I love it. 
I love I just and you can see why I love I was, I felt I felt like I was listening to your podcast. I was like, yes, Julia, go. Oh my gosh. Okay, well I I really appreciate that. I'm glad I didn't steamroll anyone too much. <laughs> no, no, no. Really that's awesome. why that's why you're here for I we invite people because we want to hear their their takes on it and give a little like twist to our dynamic and you definitely did that and we we really appreciate you. Yeah. And I I hope you can come back again. Yeah, yeah. Love to have so fun. And I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to either. Um, um, so, um, thank you, Tammy, for introducing us to Julia. Yeah, isn't she amazing? Is it my space girlfriend the best? Aww. We should have, we should all have like a a, a group together. Yeah, yeah we should. We should. <laughs> let's do, let's do a collab, you guys. Oh. <laughs> they don't edit anymore. Oh, <laughs> I do. I do. I do. I, 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 I do. have an, a good enough reason. Yeah. You need to finish that part for me, though. Yeah. I will. Does Skype work for you guys? Because that's how me and 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 yeah. um and, and Julia normally communicate. I don't really use Skype unless we are. Yeah. So WhatsApp, WhatsApp would be the best. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Me too. All right. Um, so well, I want to say thank you, Tammy, for introducing me to Gina and Andy. They my are OG YouTube girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They're all amazing. amazing. I love it. I love. I, love, I, love, I really love the dynamic in this episode. I think you really got to hear it, and it was yeah, fun. Yeah, we didn't so. even we didn't even like have to like transition. It just like went no. naturally. Yeah, yeah, it was very yeah. natural. <laughs> because it was so bad. Oh, and occasionally Tammy being like, "Oh wait, but this." Oh yeah, okay, you're right, Tammy. You know, I had to like, I was like, when can I jump in? <laughs> Poor Tammy. Sorry, and, Tammy. and then you were like, Madeline, Madeline has has nothing wrong with her. I'm like, ah, she does. <laughs> I was just, I was just waiting for Tammy to march in like a positive, positive train. Like, no bitch, shut up. And here's, here's why you're wrong. And this movie is actually good. Tammy, the the force of positivity in this otherwise negative discussion. Oh, yeah. it wasn't negative. We were having a more interesting discussion. Discussion, you know, I, I like yeah. when discussions have different opinions. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's the same. The I actually, that's I think it's good. I think it's good that you actually and, and then and then it got you thinking of what could have made it better. And I thought your 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 um your whole rewrite of the opening scene was brilliant. So oh. <laughs> what? That would be great. Like we have someone. We should do. Let's let's like like for real. We should collab and we should like like go back through all your old podcasts and like we can think about like the things that would make each movie yes. work better and like make a collab like improving the story. Oh my god. Yeah. I always think that whenever we are finished with the sequels, I'm like, what are we going to do next? And I would love to have an episode dedicated to, like, retconning the sequels that yeah. did poorly and be like, how this could be improved. And, That's yeah, I think it would be very interesting. Heck yeah. yeah. Well, like, yeah that would be great. <laughs> so, yeah, next time. So whenever you want to talk about a movie that you actually like or a movie that you despise. Yeah, I mean, is there a Disney sequel you like? There are a few Disney sequels I like. Um, my favorite Disney sequel, which I don't know if you guys have done yet, um, is Cinderella 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, not yet. That's, yeah, so but that's pretty I think it's Taken. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. 
Oh, that's okay. It's like, cause I'll just listen to it and and hear that way. But there are others I really do like. So we, we'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah. yeah, just let us know. We're, we're always looking for new guests and we always want uh, the ones that have already come in to come back because we enjoy them so much and we really want to have you back whenever you want to. So just let Sammy know another sequel that you can come up with. As, oh, I have something to say about this one. And yeah, we'll I'll send her the up. list. I'll send her the list yeah, that we have definitely. going and like, I mean, there is Wreck-It Ralph too. Ooh, oh, but that's just... You know, I still haven't seen that one yet. Oh. So I could come in like watching that one blind. We'll see. Wow. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, you guys have anything else to say before we sign off? Uh, no. This was really fun. You guys are great. I know I said that already, but I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> oh, thank you. We we really enjoyed enjoyed your um take as well. Um, <laughs> and I do, I enjoyed watching my two two groups of my friends like just uh, get along, just bond nice. over hate. Yeah. It, it was it was entertaining. You know you know what? We were bonding over love of Disney and for oh, disappointment yeah. in the lesser products. <laughs> yeah. I, I like I like the way you see this, see that. Yeah. Uh, and Julia, you want to remind people where they can find you online, your YouTube channel? Okay, thank you so much. Yes, my channel is Navari Love Nineteen. Um and I edit uh, non Disney crossovers and sometimes way back I used to edit anime, so you can look for that. Um yeah, I would love to see you guys there, and please subscribe to all of these ladies too if you haven't already. Which <laughs> I don't, you know, <laughs> you better be fans and subscribed already because they're <laughs> all really talented. And I don't think we've ever really shared our channels. Maybe we should. Yeah, right. yeah we never. Really they're just there playing around. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you guys. Okay. <laughs> thank you so thank much, you, Julia. Julia. All right. Thank you. And okay, so that's it for this episode. And thank you guys so much for listening. Remember that you can find us on Twitter at Two Division Pod, and you can send us an email at Two Division Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us any comments, questions, suggestions, anything you want to send us, just do it. And remember that you can listen to us on iTunes, and you can also leave reviews and ratings, and that helps other people find the podcast. So please do. And you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. So go look for us whenever and whatever you want to. <laughs> and that's it. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.